You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the L-O-B, Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff, slash, Jeff, underscore, LJ, underscore, Lloyd, the show itself, at Locked On Browns, follow back account, DMs are open, whether it is Apple, whether it's Spotify, whether it is Odyssey, make sure you are subscribed, and following the Locked On Browns podcast, leave those five-star ratings, and written reviews. We have our first 2021 Lockdown Browns pregame show as the Cleveland Browns are headed to Arrowhead Stadium to meet the Kansas City Chiefs Sunday, 425 CBS to check it all out. And of course, uh, highly anticipated. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by. Uh, our Locked On NFL, uh, Locked On NFL 2021 season preview. It is not too late to listen to the Ultimate Season Preview 2021. Previews of every team in every division from all our local experts and Odyssey's NFL experts. Search Ultimate Season Preview 2021 today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody knows the drill. Uh, Pete and I have been doing the pre and the post here on Lockdown Browns for quite some time now. So, Mr. Pete Smith from Sports Illustrated. Um, before we actually get to that, a um, couple of you know housekeeping things here. Pete, um, it's been a brutal stretch right now for the Baltimore Ravens. And I think it got capped off yesterday. Just an absolute double blow. Um, now, Gus Edwards was essentially the number one running back for the Baltimore Ravens. He tears his ACL. Apparently, one snap later yesterday. Uh, starting cornerback, big play threat. Marcus Peters tears his ACL. Baltimore, a world of hurt, Pete, before we've even begun the 2021 season. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not entirely sure which is the bigger deal. They're both pretty devastating. Uh, the Ravens have now lost uh, three running backs for the year. Um, they signed Latavius, reportedly signing Latavius Murray, which I think it is actually okay for them. Um, they've got Le'Veon Bell and Devontae Freeman on the practice squad. They like Tyson Williams. Um, I, I, I feel like that's a pretty big area of concern, even as much as losing a starting corner is because Marcus Peters is fine. He's not like a star corner. He fits what they do, but they actually have some depth there. So I'm kind of curious to see how that one works out. Uh, Marcus Peters sometimes a pick six erases a lot of what he did sometimes <laughs> throughout the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean Marlon Humphrey's the one that makes that thing go. But look, I mean their their secondary is their their lifeblood. So certainly that that is why that becomes a big deal. But they have talented options uh, available because they're always uh, hoarding guys that they want to be able to see if they can become that next dude. So look, I mean, the the Ravens, I still think are going to be a playoff team, but I I have a really difficult time seeing how they're going to win the division at this point. And now, you know, we, I think we're really going to be having to see just how much 
Lamar Jackson can carry this offense because obviously their 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 offense is predicated on this on mesh concepts and being able to try to fool uh, defenses into worrying about who has the ball. And I don't know how much you can really do that right now. One, it's not not like you can't just show up and be like good at it. It takes time and effort and reps and all these things. And and the other part of that is like when you're the back and you are and Lamar Jackson's got the ball, you're getting hit because that's your job. So mm-hmm. it's not as if like you're just getting hit when you take carries. The the whole thing is an operation, which is why you know, the Ravens had as many backs as they did. They had four backs on their active roster. It's a big deal for them not to have that. So it's not like you can just have one back and be okay. So, you know, this committee approach might be okay. I still have no idea what, what the hell Le'Veon Bell is doing there because he's yeah. like the – seems to me like the absolute worst fit for what they want to do in that offense. But they may just not even ask him to do traditional – Ravens things and basically make him his own element, I guess. It's um, I think for the biggest thing for me, and and this is what I'm talking about is look, you're going into this game, you know, against the Raiders for the Ravens. And, you know, look, this was probably a winnable game on paper. Now you're going in, you got concerns about, you know, what you're going to do with the running back position, pass protection, keeping Lamar safe. And the one thing the Ravens probably wanted to try to hopefully, you know, gravitate away from Pete is, you know, Lamar having to say, Oh, uh, well, if I can't do it with my arm, uh, I'll do it with my legs. And now they're in a situation where, you know, that's probably going to be the case where he's going to try to do you know, more than ever. And you just absolutely have to be careful because, it, look, losing these running backs, you can still find a way to make things work. But you get in a situation where you lose number eight, it's, you know, fold it all up and call it a season. Look, I mean, the, the way – you play quarterback if you're Lamar Jackson <clears throat> has an inherent threat because it's not just like, yes, you could get hurt. It's what happens if you get seriously injured to your leg or let's say you just twist an ankle and you're not a hundred percent. Let's say you're 80% and 80% of Lamar Jackson's pretty good, but 80% of Lamar Jackson gets caught. So does that then limit what they can be? Does that ultimately lead to, to, to worse results? It's, it's a challenging situation. This is why, you know, I, I think it was Bucky Brooks who took a bunch of heat for this. Uh, and I don't necessarily disagree is this idea that if you subscribe to the notion that you just basically let a Lamar Jackson walk after his initial deal and move on to the next one, simply because you don't want to pay that much money for a position that like, you know, you look at Cam Newton, for example, they deteriorate physically and their play goes with it. So do you really want to pay that much money or do you just want to take uh, the next guy? And to me, I feel like the next guy, if they were to go that route, is already on the team. So it's an interesting argument, but uh, there is now going to be a significant amount of pressure on the coaching staff and Lamar Jackson to sort of make this work without the backs that you've had. You, your line is obviously still there. Your receivers are hopefully going to come back healthy. Marquise Brown is back. 
you've you've still got your tight ends. Can you can that be enough to sort of l- allow Lamar Jackson to to be a you know an MVP type player? That that remains to be seen because look, you know my I don't care about the whole thing about labeling somebody as a system quarterback. But if anyone is a system quarterback, it's Lamar Jackson. So he's I, I, I have to think in some ways you're not going to be able to run that system. So, you know, breaking him out of that, is he still going to be the dynamic MVP type quarterback or is he going to be, you know, altered in some way? It's uh, been a cra- crazy, crazy. And the other thing is team morale. Um, you know, sometimes something like this, you know, can, you know, kind of cripple some guys you know, as far as, you know, within the locker room and, and trying to maintain focus, you know, when you go through a string of bad luck like this, sometimes it can become a rallying cry. We'll see. I mean, and uh, this Raiders game obviously looks a you know, lot tougher now. Um, Baltimore, week two, they get their draw with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, cooler heads have prevailed in Pittsburgh. T.J. Watt, the extension is done. T.J. Watt will be a full go uh, Sunday against Buffalo for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, at the time we are recording this, uh, Jadavian Clowney, uh, you know, this is Friday morning. Uh, was held out the last two days due to illness. They're not saying it's they're saying it's nothing COVID related, and they are 110% saying that Jadavian Clowney will be part of the festivities Sunday in Kansas City. Tyron Matthew, uh, to this point, still has not uh, delivered a negative COVID test. And Pete, just so you know, everybody kind of understands, if we don't hear of a you know negative COVID test for Tyron Matthew by Saturday morning, or I would guess I would say probably by what uh you know 425 so you take 90 minutes off of that um so he's probably got about so maybe about one o'clock i mean if he gets one on saturday obviously the odds look good for sunday um but if we don't hear of a negative test from tyron matthew by about one o'clock on uh, saturday afternoon he's out yeah i mean the the there still seems to be cautious optimism that he's gonna play uh but you know this is difficult i mean he's vaccinated so that's where a lot of the optimism has come from but if he has symptoms or you know he's still testing positive that that there's nothing they can do so if he's were to be out um they'd still have dirty dan Sorensen, who's an awful player (laughs) on any number of levels but then they they their next guy up would be juan thornhill who i really like and is their third safety anyway so it would be a it would be a significant loss for them, but I don't think I'd call it the end of the world if Matthew can't play. But certainly, you know, for for what the Browns potentially bring to the table, that is a difficult uh, a difficult loss. Well, and the thing is, you know, Juan Thornhill, and of course, he was an LOB darling during his draft process a few drafts ago. Um, with Tyron Matthew, he just brings the ultimate wild card. He can do so many things. He is so versatile. And we kind of thought those things of Juan, you know, Juan Thornhill, but there's also, you know, a difference between, you know, what Tyron Matthew has done to this point in the NFL and certainly what Juan Thornhill has done to this point. Um, and maybe make things a little bit easier for Baker to, you know, essentially read coverages, things of that nature, whereas Tyron Matthew, you know, just the ultimate joker in that you don't necessarily know what he's doing on any given snap. We're going to get into it a little bit more here. We're going to go uh, – Browns offense versus the Chiefs defense. We will go with the Browns defense trying to defend number 15, Patrick Mahomes, as we continue through here on your pregame, Locked on Browns. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at that online. 
Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, the NFL, NCAA football, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Browns offense, Chiefs defense. Um, uh, Chiefs defense coordinator spoke yesterday. They have a plan in place if Juan Thornhill's their guy. They have a plan in place if, in fact, they do are able to have Tyron Matthew. For the Chiefs defense, looking at the Browns offense, there's you know not a much not much newness. Uh, you know, other than oh, you know Odell Beckham Jr. is back in the fold. Uh, the last time the Chiefs played the Cleveland Browns in a regular season game. It was an absolute whooping back in the day, Pete. Um, that was the uh, Baker Mayfield's rookie year. Uh, the game did not go well. Whole new ball of wax, you know, that Kansas City got to see in the playoffs. Um, this year, your Chiefs are going to be seeing it with Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, you're going to see it with um, a player in Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's certainly taken a step up, it looks like, uh, since his last game in Kansas City in January in the playoffs. You still come with Nick Chubb. You still come with Kareem Hunt. You have the calling card, which is this offensive line. Um, but you have the Baker Mayfield now year two in this offense, year two with Coach Stefanski, year two with offense coordinator Alex Van Pelt. Just a lot more comfortable in his surroundings. Um, there, again, there's no newness to this. There's you know the guessing, the confusion, all of that stuff should be out the window. And you know, I, I think defense. We're all going to have our you know questions about you know where this new Browns defense is come Sunday but on the offensive side of the ball I think we have a pretty good idea who this team is and what they're capable of well look I mean the Browns are bigger and faster than they were last year uh, by virtue of having uh, Odell Beckham back and having Donovan Peoples-Jones get better and they've got tight ends who look like they're going to be much better this year. And then they've got Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, uh, and Dearness Johnson, which should be a, a dynamic that they take advantage of. That The fact that they can just be bigger than a lot of the teams trying to defend them. Um, if you put a Kareem Hunt out wide, are they going to – put a linebacker on him or they get put a safety on him or they get put a corner on him. Like, and if they do all those, any of those things, that's one less guy that can potentially defend Odell Beckham. That's one less mm -hmm. guy that can potentially defend Nick Chubb. And they, the chiefs last year were not very good at stopping the tight ends in anyway. So that becomes another Avenue that they can attack. So there's a lot that works in their favor. All of this creates more space for Nick Chubb who had a, a pretty, bad first half in that game uncharacteristically so i mean certainly the chiefs game plan to stop him and were effective but it just wasn't a good game out of out of chubb uh despite all those things so i think you know if chubb is playing better which seems almost impossible he wouldn't mm -hmm. and he's facing less people in front of him then all those things should open up options i mean the chiefs are going to do the same thing they're going to try to 
stifle the run and force the Browns to pass, but they're not going to be able to do it quite in the same manner because you can't play just man, man free with a single high safety and all those guys pressed up in man coverage. It simply will not work. But between Derek Nottie, uh, they've got Jerron Reed and then Chris Jones as an end for rundowns. You know, that's not a given to, to be able to run the ball. That's an imposing front. Um, so that'll be an interesting dynamic. Can the, are the Browns going to use the pass to sort of set up the run? Are they going to use the run to set up the pass? They have so many options in terms of this because they're obviously really, really comfortable with Baker Mayfield. Uh, he's far more confident and uh, a, a more uh, dangerous threat. So, you know, that's where you sort of set the tone. It's his team at this point. It really became his team in the playoffs. Um, so seemingly you're going to sort of let him loose and and go from there. And there's, you know, kind of like two avenues to go, you know, here. You know, and a lot of this is probably going to, you know, be predicated on, you know, exactly, you know, what your defense is doing against Kansas City's offense. I mean, are you going to get in a situation where it's going to, you know, basically have to be, you know, points on almost every drive or, you know, or the Browns get the, you know, opportunity where maybe they catch a lead early, you know, Patrick Mahomes, there's times where we've seen Patrick Mahomes, you know, take a little while, you know, to maybe get things cooking. And if that's the case, you know, do, if the run game's working, do you stick with it to A, try to shorten the game, B, try to keep Patrick Mahomes, you know, watching the game more than essentially playing it. And, you know, this is what you're hoping now with the growth and development of this offense in year two where everybody is together um, that you don't necessarily have to rely on one or the other. You can go to what you feel you want to do as far as what's going to be the best avenue to walk out of Arrowhead with a possible W. And, you know, I, again, I, I where you're talking on Nick Chubb and, you know, we don't usually see Nick Chubb have two bad games in a row. Um, very, very few bad games, period, his entire NFL career. Plus the fact, you know, you're basically going right back to the scene of the crime where, you know, and, you know, to his credit, he said it was a tough day. It was a tough day for everybody as far as the run game. And I'm sure, you know, Bill Callahan, uh, the offensive line, and I'm sure everybody is focused on this, uh, knowing that that was part of, you know, the issue in last year's loss. And this is something that normally it, it, it's, it's not that hard for them to succeed in running the ball and understanding that, you know, Kansas City is a team that, you know, you are, are looking at in every way possible as you climb this mountain in the AFC. Um, so you hopefully have that option where, you know, you don't necessarily just have to go to either throwing the ball uh, or running the ball just because a game, the way the game is predicated or you're not succeeding either way. Hopefully you have your choice uh, you know, going balanced, going heavier with the pass, going heavier with the run, just because, you know, everything's a lot more comfortable now. And, you know, everybody knows what they're doing. There's zero confusion. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to be said about the continuity that the Browns are going to be able to enjoy in coaching. So there's any number of ways that this can sort of benefit them uh, not having a, a janky offseason um, is going to be a big deal. The fact that they, you know, whatever you want to say about preseason, at least they they had it in the game planning and preparation, all those things. So hopefully those things all benefit uh, the Browns that they don't come out like they did uh, against the Ravens last year, where you know it's clear that they just didn't have enough time, they weren't prepared, and they got beat thirty eight six. 
Pete, who is the spotlight player for the Browns offense on Sunday? If so-and-so player succeeds, it should lead to a Cleveland victory. Kareem Hunt. If Look, here's the thing. If the Browns are smart, and I think they are, they have Odell Beckham back. He's going to potentially draw two defenders on him every play. Um, you have the tight end dynamic, which should be more effective this year. You have Nick Chubb, who is someone that every defense has to worry about. You've got Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's getting better. Uh, and you have the player in Kareem Hunt who excels in space. You should the best thing the Browns can do is have him on the field constantly and move him around. And after the defense has to figure out how they're going to deal with all those other threats, they also have to deal with Kareem Hunt. So if you use him like a receiver or you, you know, have him as a screen guy or whatever you want to do, motioning him, you're going to allow the you're going to force the Chiefs to give up the defense uh, in terms of what they're trying to run. And they have to come up with an answer. Uh, they can't just, you know, I, I can't imagine they're just going to put a linebacker on him because if they do, the Browns are going to just eat that up. If they put a safety on him, then that's a player that can't be used to either potentially protect over the top or defend a, a tight end, which creates an issue elsewhere. And if you put a corner on him, you know, if you just get hunt the ball, you can just run him over. So, <laughs> to me, for all the all the reasons that the Browns have that can sort of become a great offense, the guy who can really – like, there's no question that Odell Beckham can do more for this offense than anyone. And I would say David Njoku is the second guy who can really break this thing open. But with all of those things in mind and all those things even working in half capacity – Kareem Hunt's the one that can break this thing open. I've, I've talked about this before. I think they should use him like Alvin Kamara. And I think part of the reason they should feel comfortable in doing that is because of the emergence of Dearness Johnson. You don't have to feel like um, you can't use uh, these guys in a certain way because you're worried about depth. If like Kareem Hunt should be on the field constantly. And if they need to give uh Chubb a blow or something like that, you can put Darius Johnson on the, in the backfield. If you need Hunt to come off, you've got receivers that can do that. But from a, a, a size point of view, if you want to play big, um, if you just want to give him the ball out in space, but if you look at games like the Ravens last year on Monday Night football, he broke open the, the game uh, because they initially couldn't get any separation against the Ravens corners. They started putting Hunt out wide. Initially, the Ravens put a linebacker on him. The Browns ate that up. Then they started playing a, a corner on him, and that created spacing for everybody else. And even with Marlon Humphrey on him, they threw him a hitch, and he scored the touchdown to tie the game. So to me, I think that's the the player and the element that could sort of really break this thing open uh, and allow the Browns to become an elite offense and this kind of gets back to what we talked about earlier in the week where you know just how important just having Odell Beckham Jr. on the field is for this offense you know just brings a different element and of course you know Donovan Peoples-Jones and his possible emergence certainly adds to this and it goes back to the old adage of you just can't cover everybody and we'll see how it plays out for the offense on you know uh, for the offense Sunday 
in Arrowhead. At this point, I mean, just I, everybody's geeked up. Everybody's excited. And then, of course, Thursday night football, you get a great game. And now everybody's just salivating at the opportunity to get their first look at the 2021 Cleveland Browns. We're going to flip it up here. We're going to go to the defensive side of the ball here, uh, get some thoughts in on that. Is it's certainly an interesting matchup. And as always, Mr. Mahomes, uh, I believe it is now 10-0 and 0 in September. Never lost. I don't even think he's thrown an interception in September to this point. Uh, so we're going to start breaking all that down here. Again, your pregame, Locked on Browns. What is your favorite Bilt Bar flavor? Did you know that Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're certainly passionate about their favorites. And if you don't know the Bilt Bar lineup right by now, well, you're missing out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there is something for everyone. If you haven't tried all the flavors by now, you should get a mix box where you will get two of the nine bars, 18 bars in total. Most of the flavors have 70 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams net carbs. So not only are the Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they are pretty healthy as well. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15. Caps, L-O-C-K-E-D, 15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Pete, I go to this and, you know, better teams seem to get, you know, what can be perceived as negatives or, you know, things to monitor and, Better teams, sometimes it just gets glossed over. Ah, it's fine. They're good. They'll they'll figure it out. But the Browns are coming to town with a possible defensive line rotation in passing situations of Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, Tack McKinley, Malik Jackson, Malik McDowell. The Kansas City Chiefs are debuting a brand new defensive line across the board. Um, Lucas Niang is going to be considered a rookie, um, but you're going to be starting, actually, you're going to be starting a rookie center, a rookie right guard, Lucas Niang is still considered a rookie as he opted out of the 2020 season. This is your right side of your offensive line. And, you know, look, I know the Chiefs are highly successful. We know Patrick Mahomes is, if not the, one of the best quarterbacks right now in the NFL. This is something that you just can't gloss over and say, it'll be fine. Um, It may be fine. It may turn out to be a really, really solid offensive line. But you're putting these guys out there in their first real legitimate test together against what the Browns can put out there in a, in a NASCAR type of pass rush setting. All these guys are good. All these guys are productive. All these guys are tall, long, athletic, a whole bunch of freaks. And to just assume that it's going to work out because it's the Kansas City Chiefs, you just can't do that. Yeah, look, it's it's a tough spot. You're asking – uh, what amounts to be three rookies to potentially contribute big in terms of Greg Newsom, JOK, and Malik McDowell. Because um, even though he was drafted in 2017, Malik McDowell never played. So this is all new for him, even if he's 25. Um, so that's a big deal. Tack McKinley going away for a month for personal reasons. You know, at the very least, he wasn't with – the team to work. That doesn't mean he can't come out and be effective. It just makes it a question mark. Uh, and, and against a team like the chiefs, he's a, he's a big part of this thing. So 
you have all that going on. You have some communication elements that are, are going to take getting used to in uh, live action that even if you played them in the all preseason was still going to be question mark because the regular season simply different, uh, you know, getting a feel for just how much ground the guy next to you can cover or exactly where his strengths end. And, you know, that type of thing is that is getting is, is going to be a feel out process uh, on paper. The Browns probably defend the chiefs about as well as anyone, but unfortunately you can't just do it that way. And I think the Browns are going to be a significant disadvantage initially. The offensive line is a major question and I don't, I, I'm very curious to see how this goes because the Chiefs went from a very mobile uh, offensive line to a wall of meat that's going to look to <laughs> sort of be like one giant cow catcher on 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 the in the running game. They're going to play more power. You know, I, I don't know that Orlando Brown Jr. at left tackle makes a ton of sense um, in terms of matching with Patrick Mahomes' skill set, like. Between him and Lucas Niang, they aren't getting out and around to, you know, when Patrick Mahomes wants to run around. It's going to be asking him to step up in the pocket more. Uh, but at the same time, you know, that could be a good thing in terms of being able to just, if if everybody's sort of spread out trying to defend all their 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 weapons, that now you have, you know, at 1500 pounds plus of man in there that can just uh, block and create space for Clyde Edwards Hilaire and uh, the dude they got from the 49ers who's been injured forever, uh, Jarek McKinnon. And mm-hmm. then that becomes an added element. Do the chiefs now have a, a viable running game to go with the passing game? If they do, you know, that's, that's a really dangerous combination. So that's going to be the challenge. <clears throat> the the, the trade off is, if the chiefs are still heavy pass, how is the combination of Orlando Brown jr. Lucas Niang two true rookies inside going to be able to deal with potentially miles Garrett, Tack McKinley, uh, Jadevian Clowney, and then JOK potentially is a blitz threat. That's all about getting pressure on the quarterback quickly that forcing decisions earlier or, or just hitting him. Um, so there's a lot of things that make the Browns really real, well suited to take on the chiefs as well as teams like the bills uh, and these teams that are, are really spread out and one who could, you know, at times last year, didn't even pretend they were running the ball anymore. So it makes sense in a lot of ways, but I, I think it's going to be a really difficult thing to get right in week one. But this was this, you know, this was never about week one. It's about, you know, week 19, 20, 21. Now, you brought up Jeremiah Wusukormo. Obviously, we know Greg Newsom uh, will be starting. Uh, you know, we'll we'll start opposite Denzel Ward in his rookie debut. Um, for you know, Jeremiah Wusukormo, Pete seems he thinks he's got a big role coming Sunday. Do you think we're going to see the rookie linebacker out of Notre Dame as much as maybe he thinks we're going to see him? probably somewhere in that range. Look, it, it's not he if they if he covers Travis Kelsey, I'll be stunned because I don't think he's 220 pounds and he's a rookie. But what he does really well 
is he can blitz. And I think the Browns are going to sample what the Buccaneers did at the Super Bowl and use him in a lot like they use Devin White, which is he can be a really, really fast blitzer, get pressure quickly, uh, and then they can drop him into coverage, but in a more generalized role uh, on, on most downs. Now, will he be on the field every play? I tend to doubt it, but that's what they brought him here for. You know, he's not a fully formed linebacker, but what he does real well is he can blitz and he can he can run around potentially in coverage, whether that's man or some type of zone flying around. But I would expect him to blitz quite a bit. Uh, as they try to mix him up, mix up uh, Patrick Mahomes, make him uncomfortable, and see if they can't create that element of extra pressure. Because you know, just by virtue of presumably blitzing him through uh, three guys who've never played in the NFL yet, uh, who have to deal with potentially Clowney, Garrett, Malik Jackson, Malik McDowell, like that's that's a tall order. So I think that becomes an area where you can potentially create some opportunities. And if he's not uh, if he's not blitzing, he may be doing things like he did in Notre Dame where he's dropping into the flat. He may be doing some zone stuff. Maybe he'll do some man coverage. I have a my 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 guess is he's gonna be doing more zone than anything. But uh, if he's helping in coverage in man, I I just don't think it's gonna be uh, on Kelsey. I think you have your safeties for that uh, who are both better designed and more proven in terms of trying to slow down a tight end. And one thing to watch with any snaps that he's going to take is obviously Jamer, uh, Jeremiah Wusu Kormoa as you know, talented as he is um, the excitement gets there um, and is certainly going to be amped, you know, to the nine playing in his NFL debut, uh, trying not to overrun things. Uh, you know, it's great. You're going to run around a million miles an hour, uh, but if you run past the guy, you're supposed to be taken down. <laughs> that's an issue. Um, but certainly, you know, want to see. Um, you want to see the hitting ability. Uh, you want to see the athletic ability, the closing speed, all of these things when talking about Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. We did it on offense. We'll do it on defense, Pete. Who is the most essential player for the Browns on defense to pull out a victory on Sunday? <sighs> um. I'll say John Johnson. Uh, he has experience covering tight ends. Um, you know, this is what they brought him here to be. That start, he's the best player in their secondary. Um, he's obviously the, the 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 leader back there, uh, but he can do a lot of things that can help you in a game like this one. He can cover tight ends. He can drop deep zone. He can just fulfill a bunch of different roles, and he really is the player that the Browns didn't have and to me he's the biggest signing for this team in in about two decades so you know this is the type of game he's here for that's why he went out that's why he spent the money we'll see from jj3 number 43 uh here we go pete uh we gotta do him uh prediction time again this obviously the matchup here in week one knowing it's kansas city chiefs probably the most difficult team on the Brown schedule for 2021 knowing it's week one you don't have a great idea of where this defense is at uh even if you have high hopes for where this defense can eventually be offensively I think we feel good 
in you know that instance and what we have in the carryover and the fact that they're coming into this, it seems health-wise on the offensive side of the ball, they're coming into it perfectly. Come the final whistle Sunday in Arrowhead, the final score of the Browns 2020 2021 opener is 73-70 Chiefs. <laughs> Pete's got high hopes for the defense this Sunday. I just, yeah, I just, I don't think they're there yet. And I don't know how either defense is going to stop either offense this week. For me, I've gone with, and I've done a couple of things with, uh, you know, some Kansas City pods. And um, I'm actually going to be on Fox Radio in Kansas City. Uh, I'll be a part of uh, their pregame show. We recorded that. Um, I'm highly confident in this Browns team. um, But to say, you know, you're going to walk in week one, into Kansas city and walk out with a victory. It's, you know, Pete, you guys will always know the line Pete's used over here. It's not about what I think. It's not what about, I feel it's about what I can prove right now. I don't know what this defense is. So if I don't know what this defense is, how can I be strongly confident that this defense is going to find a way to, you know, slow down an amazing, incredibly talented, high scoring, high yardage offense in the Kansas city chiefs. Um, I, I'm, I have gone with 34, 30, uh, Kansas City, there could be, you know, Pete's 73 to 70, might not be yeah, too far off, but I think there could be an opportunity for a little, you know, sloppiness, maybe a little bit of rust or a little s- slow starting from either offense here as we get to regular season action. Uh, Pete, we had a good one last night. Tampa Bay, Dallas um, turned out to be a really, really good game. Um, and if Dallas learned anything last night, and if we learned anything over the last 22 years, it's you just can't give Tom Brady any time whatsoever. Well, yeah, look, I thought for, for as, as great as that game was, I thought both head coaches absolutely butchered the fourth quarter and how you're supposed to execute in this situation. So Mike McCarthy does what Mike McCarthy does, which is put himself in position to lose. Uh, and in the, in the Buccaneers, despite Bruce Arians, uh, we're easily able to accomplish it. So, um, you know, I think as much as maybe the Cowboys look at this and go, you know, this is probably good for uh, us because we proved we can play with a team like Tampa. They had so many opportunities to to win, whether it was missed kicks or, or, or drives that just completely disintegrated that this should feel like a, a hugely missed opportunity for them. And, and, you know, this in so many ways, you, this feels like typical Cowboys. Whereas the Buccaneers, at least right now, have a problem, and it's their secondary. Um, if you get the ball out quickly, um, you you know, not unlike how how the Browns dealt with dealt with the Steelers in the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, you can have a lot of success. And you know, Dak Prescott was. I'd be I'll be very curious to see what the splits are here, but outside the numbers, he's absolutely deadly. I think between the hashes, he had a little bit uh, a far more challenging time. But with their receivers, you can go outside the numbers all day, and you could have easily uh, done virtually whatever you wanted. And at times, he looked fantastic. But uh, that defensive line um, and their 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 linebackers were able to sort of create some pressure that uh, made him uncomfortable and created some opportunities uh, for the Chiefs defense to to get stops and, and cause turnovers. 
it was it was a fun one and i think you know th- the thursday night opener is always i mean look everybody was waiting so long um but you know to see that you know see a pretty decent quality game um hey well, just guess everybody ready west the whistle uh for another uh weekend of college football and of course week one in the nfl continuing sunday he is pete smith from sports illustrated's browns digest uh check out all the coverage obviously team uh, pete and the team ton of work this week ton of work continuing throughout the weekend uh getting everybody ready for week one uh browns wise against the chiefs make sure you're checking everything out there the podcast the written work of course make sure you're following under uh at underscore pete smith underscore myself at jeff underscore lj underscore lloyd um throw a follow over there dms are open as everybody knows at locked on browns a follow back account dms are open over there as well questions ideas whatever feel free to go ahead and flood me on over there um it is time um the the waiting is over the 2021 cleveland browns season begins sunday 425 in arrowhead stadium against kansas city chiefs the waiting is over uh the talk the hype let's see exactly where this franchise is at the show locked on browns whether it is apple whether it's spotify whether it's odyssey make sure you are following or subscribe to the locked on browns podcast five star ratings written reviews please and thank you everybody and without further ado it is time to put the ball uh the toe to the ball and get the 2021 season underway cleveland browns wise this has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound lgb on the lob let's go browns